Are the Phillies sleepers or are they sleeping? Pitchers and catchers have reported to spring training. First workout among those groups on Wednesday. Jeff Mosher, Frank Close here, Powder Blue Podcast. We're back, Jeff. Baseball's back. I love it. I love how the way it works out now. The NFL season ends, you get the Super Bowl, and then literally three days later, pitchers and catchers report. And with the Phillies being great the last few years, I mean, going to the World Series two straight years, their end of the season, right? Wait, they, did what? With... they did what? Oh, my God. What am I thinking? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Going to the National League Championship Series, followed by going to the World Series. Yeah, look at that. I'm not even in preseason form. I'm in preseason form. But either way, the point was the extended season just go. It's like you never have a little layoff between – Great sport. So I'm excited. I'm happy for pitchers and catchers. And I think we have a really interesting type of team to talk about this year. A lot is the same, but I think there are some also some big differences that will or should make a difference for this team. You know, I don't like that extra NFL week. I don't know about you, who's, who's covering the, the NFL more than anything else, but uh, I, I, I kind of like that having that one Sunday where like nothing's going on and there's like, People playing poker on all the sports networks just because there's nothing to do. And well, a nice lazy this, Frank, Sunday, but 17 is going to go to 18 at some point. So, <laughs> well, the Pro Bowl Sunday was my lazy Sunday where, where it seemed like nothing was on. So, I, <laughs> there you go. I, I, I do not watch the Pro Bowl. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, you know, there's usually that one quiet Sunday. Well, we don't really have this this time around. So I think that that's, that's pretty cool since they had the extra week and, and they literally are the same week. So uh, Super Bowl is done, and immediately you can make that quick quick pivot. And, you know, we haven't had too much to talk about the Phillies this offseason. Granted, we, you know, we've had some stuff going on. You're busy with the with the NFL, and I've had some some health issues in the family to, to deal with lately. So, um, But the Phillies haven't done a whole lot, right? So they, so they re-signed Aaron Nola. Right. And then they, nope, nothing else. <laughs> I, I, I got, unless, you, dot, unless, dot. unless you want to talk about the, the re-signing of former Phillies great David Buchanan, who apparently <laughs> has been pitching all these years overseas. I, I, uh, <laughs> well, you, you don't think the Spencer Turnbull signing is like, uh, you know, <laughs> my friend Anne-Marie Turnbull is going to like it because she can now buy a Turnbull jersey, I suppose, you know, and, and have it be an actual jersey, right? Nice. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, this is this is a uh, a very interesting offseason. I don't remember ever, and I and I, I really had to think about this. I don't remember a roster in my lifetime coming back one year looking exactly the same as the year before. The only the only I mean, you could argue that it, well, they only subtracted, right? I mean, I know people feel a certain way about Craig Kimbrell. My I I don't feel the way a lot of people do about Craig Kimbrell because they didn't sign him to be the closer. In fact, I I didn't think he was going to get the four saves to get him to four hundred. That <laughs> I felt bad for him. I was like, oh poor guy, he's not going to get those opportunities. Or maybe they'll throw him a few bones here and there. But no, he he was he was overused uh, to right. the point where he was overexposed. Thanks to Sir Anthony Dominguez not showing up, but. You know that that that's a subtraction. They didn't really even sign anybody to replace well, him, unless yeah, Spencer I mean, Turnbull. Certainly is... not Colby Allard. I don't think we look at as the uh, replacement. <laughs> but uh, you're not. But they didn't sign any major league player as a free right. agent, other than uh, again, 
does Allard count? I maybe I guess he was a major league contract, but they but they both they they signed somebody with an option to the minor leagues, right? They clearly right. plan to send him to AAA. So, so I guess that's a big question we got to start with. Can can this roster now? We could we could see some more happening. I don't know. We'll talk about that in a moment. But let's first address this roster as it is. Is this roster as it is good enough to to actually compete in twenty twenty four? Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't see why not, Frank. Um, I think the biggest key was solidifying the starting rotation. They did that with bringing Aaron Nola back. I think the offense itself, what, one of the differences that I think from this year to last year that isn't different is just the fact that you will have uh, Bryce Harper healthy, way removed from the shoulder surgery, playing first base, which you didn't have at the start of last year. So that to me is a big positive and that can immediately have Kyle Schwarber right in the DH role where um, interestingly, Dave Dombrowski on WIP had no problem saying that that's where he needs to be. Um, Got to love Dombrowski's honesty there. So I think that that's huge. And, you know, obviously Brandon Marsh is having the uh, procedure and he's supposed to be ready to go. Um, But I mean, when you've got Trey Turner, and you've got Alec Bohm and you've got Bryce Harper and you got uh, you know JT Real Muto, all those names that we you know we're gonna talk about. Um you, Nick Castellanos, you're you're ready made. There there was no need to really um make the big splashy move. They've proven two years in a row they can beat the Braves, even the Braves have a, have a better record. So, you know, again, I thought pitching was the big question mark. And listen, they can still make a move there, but they brought back Nola. Um so I really didn't see her. I agree with you. I thought that they got more out of Kimbrel than they could have expected, but we saw the real Kimbrel in the playoffs. And, you know, I do have some questions about the bullpen and how Sir Anthony is going to come back this year. And, you know, can Jeff Hoffman do it again? But I mean, again, the, you would have any, with the way bullpens are, you'd have that same question about pretty much anybody, maybe outside of Josh Hader. Right. And even him, he can be implosive at times. So I don't know that the Phillies needed to make some kind of radical move uh, to to fix the team or to upgrade the team. It's a pretty damn good team. Well, I have one big complaint, and this was my complaint last year. Mm-hmm. Last year, the Phillies had remarkable, almost unprecedented in this this era of baseball, whatever you want to call it, unprecedented health in their starting rotation. And I went into last year saying, you know what? They don't have enough starting pitching depth. I didn't. I didn't think they had enough. And you know what? <laughs> so the ones we were talking about being the the starters number six and seven at the beginning of last season. Uh, Michael Plasmeyer, where are you? Well, I, you're actually with the Pirates, but like you know, like <laughs> that was the name we were talking about. Uh, Nick Nelson, who who got his one. Uh, well, I guess he got the start the last game of the season, I suppose. Uh, but- there was no depth last spring training at the, in the starting rotation, and they got really friggin' lucky that yeah we didn't see that Christopher Sanchez got... emergence coming. I... <laughs> right, and you <laughs> know what? And I, honestly, I thought he was a guy that maybe you throw him in to, to give you four innings now, just just to try to, to pop in. And, and you know, there's still a lot to be said about Christopher Sanchez, but they're actually going into the season expecting Christopher Sanchez to pitch every fifth day. You know. And that he's not your extra guy who's right. who could jump in in an emergency, right? Right. And so uh, – and then this is the second year in a row 
trade deadline, the Phillies acquire a starting pitcher who they don't trust to start in the playoffs. So just telling you about this depth, it's making me making me a little nervous there, uh, Jeff. I, th- I think that they needed to do more. Uh, Mick Abel's not going to be ready yet. Uh, he would be the next one you would think that could maybe help. I mean, maybe at the end, maybe by July, August, he's there. I don't know, but Mm -hmm. he's far from somebody that you feel good about. And so they bring this Kobe Allard in and Spencer Turnbull in and, um, you know, both are kind of shots in the dark. I don't know that I, I really think that that's depth that the Phillies can rely on. So that is the one thing I would, I would really uh, worry about with this team. Now you mentioned the bullpen too. They could probably get away with taking some time. And here's here's why I'm not going to kill them on the bullpen. One, nobody really was out there other than Josh Hader with a track record. And do you really want to spend all that on on Josh Hader, who I I don't know that I would trust in the long run, but he's he was the only real reliever that that went anywhere for any type of that you know that was of any significance. So. Right. The, the Phillies still have to figure out is, and this is the last year to do it because he's out of options. Connor Brogdon, who are you? <laughs> are you going to be the, the guy that looked amazing two summers ago or the one that just completely fell flat on his face last year? I, you know, I know relievers sometimes are back and forth, but, you know, maybe someone like that needs to pitch a little bit in the, in the bullpen and see what he has. Maybe yeah, Ryan Kirkering. I know he he looked fantastic. It's uh, <laughs> threw them in threw him into the playoffs, which uh, you know you could argue that that might not have been the the best idea. But I mean, it was the only idea they had at the moment because because the next guy I'll mention was was a little wishy washy. Maybe you give him just some time to see if he can just take a job and and run with it. And then Sir Anthony Dominguez, who literally, if he had showed up last year like he did the year before. You know, they went into last year counting on Sir Anthony Dominguez to really take the ball and, and be a dominant back-end arm. And between injuries and poor performance, he was never that. In fact, I held my breath watching him pitch in the playoffs against the Braves, who got themselves out mm-hmm. in that inning he threw. I forget which game that was, but but that that was that was uh, that was a worry, you know, because they seemed it seemed that he was not going to throw strikes. Period. So. So now that's three major right-handed question marks. Now, if two of the three work out, you could say, okay, this bullpen's fine. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I guess I, I guess I'm willing to let them see who does because you know, in the early going, yeah, you're going to lose some games in April and May that you might not otherwise want to lose later in the season, but it, it all kind of works out in the end. Uh, I think that's a fair assessment. I, I I put the who are you label also. You 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 have it on Connor. I have it on Sir Anthony Dominguez for exactly why you said two years ago it looked like this guy was going to emerge into a lights out late reliever. Last year, I mean, he could. You just had no idea where the ball was going, and he, if he can get back to two years ago, then they've got a really good. You want your three in the late innings, right? You know, got Alvarado. You've got Jeff Hoffman, who I'm going to, I guess, go on. I, I think that's also something we should talk about because he kind of came out of nowhere, had a great year. I, I imagine it's not just going to fall off the face of the earth, but we've seen it happen to others. But to me, I feel really comfortable with a dominant Sir Anthony, a dominant Alvarado, and Jeff Hoffman doing what he did last year. And then you figure you'll get somebody, whether it's, like you said, Brogdon, whether it's Kirkering, maybe Junior Marte this time around. Uh, and somebody to come in and emerge 
as another arm just in case you, you have an injury. And, and it is a position you can go get at the deadline if you need. I'm with you on the starting rotation. And the one thing that as confident as I am in the top three, and I think I believe this year they'll get Ranger Suarez in on time, right? I think that, that's yeah, a peace. Big... He should be good to go. Yeah. Right. So that that to me is another there's no change, but it's a big change from last year because we saw how he started. The big thing I have that's on my mind, Frank, is that the the reason the Phillies don't beat the Braves for the division is because the Braves start off hot every year and the Phillies start off like, you know, hovering around five hundred for the first two months of the season. That's really where they lose the division. And Nola and um, Wheeler have historically been part of the reason that they are hovering around 500 after May going into June because those guys start slowly. Now, it's great to know that by the end of the year, they'll be pitching in peak form and you can beat the Braves. But if you ever want to win the division, I feel like you need those guys to pitch a little better, a lot better in April and May. But I don't know that there's any evidence to say that they will. So as good as the team is, I just wonder, do we just expect that the division is lost in the first 50 days of the season? <laughs> That's a great question. You know, I, I think this could be different. I think having now knock on wood, because they still have all six weeks of spring training to get injured. But if they actually all show up and they're they're healthy, like it, it would be nice to see the same people starting every five days and you know who they are. I mean, that 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 is something they haven't really had the last couple of years. Now, now m- missing Ranger last year was, was a big deal. And, you know, having some of the floundering starters that, that, that never, never made it, never caught on. Um, that, that was, that was the story of their, their early season. And, and that was when Taiwan Walker pitched the best, you know, <laughs> he, he kind of held mm-hmm. down the fort for a while. Uh, and you now that starting rotation had the highest war in baseball last year. I just read and apologies to wow. who, who came up with the stat because I, I like to give credit to people when credit's due, but, um, but yeah, I, I think, I think that, I think that having Rangers going to help calm it down a little bit, you know, cause it, it's a lot nicer when you don't feel like you have, you have to be the one to put out a fire all the time, you know? So, mm-hmm. and, and I, you know, I think, uh, by the way, speaking of Nola, you know, <laughs> I thought he was a goner because, you know, he was holding out for that more money. And then luckily for the Phillies, he just came back at one point and was like, no, this is where I want to be. Let's make the biggest deal we can. And and so, yeah. so they got him back. And so I think that's good. I, you know, maybe I, maybe we'll see a more relaxed Nola this year, knowing that that's behind him. And hopefully we don't see a, uh, <laughs> a nervous Zach Wheeler who's headed into free agency after this year. But but uh, but yeah, maybe 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 that is. I mean, even though Nola seems to never show any emotion ever, <laughs> I mean that's one, <laughs> that's the one thing about Nola is he's he's pretty he's pretty even uh, keeled uh, from game to game. Uh, maybe he'll be a little bit more relaxed this year. So I, I, I maybe that that rotation stability will will give them uh, a little more to work with. And and again, if if the you know. When your starters don't go deep, it's it's the the bullpen that really seems to suffer suffer the most. Uh, you know, there's always a little bit of that in April as they sort of work into it. So, mm-hmm. hopefully, we'll see some of those guys step up on the on the heels of those starters, some healthy starters. Hopefully, but uh, yeah, but yeah, you know, the Martes that you mentioned. I mean, the, you usually see some shuffling and just to get some, as they like to say, fresh arms out of AAA every once in a while to to get through. Uh, the Aprils of of the season, but uh, 
but this is a, I don't know. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm glad, wait, real quick. I'm glad Dombrowski in that WIP interview put to rest the idea of Andrew Painter pitching this year. Not, not that I'm happy that he's not mm-hmm. pitching this year, but we won't have to sort of worry about it or say, Hey, well, maybe in, maybe in late August or September, or it's like getting an extra guy at the deadline. It sounds like he will not play this year and that's, Fine. Let him be healthy. Yeah, that's me. that's a prudent thing to do. Uh, I, I I I think you should just you should just even come into spring training next year thinking you're going to take it easy on him, you know, and and let him let him build it up. So, but yeah, it's it. I thought I thought they were expecting too much out of him last year. I mean that that was that was part of the problem last April is they thought, oh yeah, well you know this this kid who's 19 at the moment turning 20 soon, he's gonna he's going to come up and light the world on fire and we'll be fine. So, and they really did believe it. You know, I, I think it was Larry Bo. I was just walking around the complex and uh, last, last February and Larry Bo was just raving about him to somebody. And <laughs> you know, they, they really did believe that he's got something there. It's just a shame that, uh, that they're going to have to wait until, until next year. But uh, they, you know, they really did think that if he was healthy last year, he would have made a big impact, but Hey, that's the game of baseball. You'll never know, right? I mean, we're still waiting on Sixto Sanchez to to be something, right? I mean, oh, yeah. injuries can derail a lot of careers, and hopefully, hopefully, he just has a temporary setback and can help the Phillies for years to come. But, uh, but yeah, so so the rotation seems to be set at the moment. Now, I guess, I guess the the one storyline that's kind of left. Various people, the John Hemans and Bob Nightingales of the like, a couple, couple times, both of them, I believe, have seemed to indicate that, well, you know, maybe the Phillies are sleepers on one of these big free agents that are left. So maybe, and you could tell me what you think about this, Jeff, maybe there's another move to be made of note for this Phillies team. Do you think that the Phillies are sleepers or... Is this a big fantasy? What do you think? No, I mean, I think that they should. I, I think that they, they are where as I and you are of how they've started off the last few years and the slow starts by Nolan Wheeler and that you can't just guarantee that you're going to get 20-plus starts from Christopher Sanchez and, and quality ones at that and that the best teams always keep adding to the bullpen. That's what you do. So if you get to a point where Jordan Montgomery's number is reasonable – and he's willing to, you know, maybe he'll probably at this point want to take a shorter term deal, right? Because he's not getting the money that he wants, then go for it. I mean, the John Middleton's in go for it mode. So go for it. If you can do, if it doesn't hurt you in any way, why not? Yeah. So the big, the big free agent names that are left, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, both left-handed starters, and then position players, Cody Bellinger, who can play anywhere and third baseman, Matt Chapman. So, uh, now, for the Phillies to add one of them, there's a, there's a spot in the outfield, right? We we know that there could be a spot in the outfield. Brandon Marsh, Johan Rojas, the thought was that they both wouldn't be starters to start the season, but what do you know? They're still around. Mm. So in terms of the premium players, those are the four. Now, there's another there's another tier of players. You can, you can look at someone like Hyunjin Ryu, uh, who's still a free agent. Michael Lorenzen, you ever hear of that guy? Uh, you know, maybe... <laughs> He's he's looking for a job. <laughs> um, I actually I don't know. I'll I'll stop on him for a second. Would you Would you consider bringing Lorenzen back just for depth? Uh, or I would. Is, yeah, I I would be okay with that. I mm-hmm. I I, I realize I realize he kind of flailed out there, but 
you know, maybe maybe uh, going into the season as a starter again, knowing he started all last year, maybe maybe he's a little bit more acclimated to it. I would I would give him a shot. I don't know what he's looking for financially, but but hey, I mean, he had the no hitter. I mean, that was one of the big. Probably not getting it. <laughs> he's still looking for it. <laughs> Man, after he st- after his start he's, as a you Philly, know he's he was... in free agency saying, "Hey, I pitched a no hitter." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all in all, last year nine and nine, four eighteen ERA, one hundred fifty three innings, which was, which was uh, a lot for him as of late. So, mm-hmm. so I don't know. I think it's fair to wonder if he just he just tired out. I mean, he threw the most innings of his career in any season. So, right. so I don't know. Maybe he's worth taking another look at. And you know, if you figure that that you know, even if he's not going to start in the rotation, maybe he can f- go to the bullpen for a while. Keep some of those innings down, and then yeah, pinch hit. That would be fun. <laughs> uh, but the, but you know, he would be he would be somebody who who could maybe f- go back and forth. I don't know. I I just like having depth around. I'm not I'm not saying he's going to be an earth shattering uh, sure sure bet more no hitter kind of <laughs> yeah no I'm free agent you. starter. But you know the fact that he was just here and. I don't know. I think I, I I would go I would go for him again. Uh, that's just but that's just me. And then the uh, the other name in that in, ranked by MLB.com in the same category, not bad. Mike Clevenger, uh, who was also nine nine last year, three seven seven ERA for the Chicago White Sox. I feel like he's had some. Uh, well, he kind of had an unceremonious exit from the the Cleveland Indians uh, when when he left. So yes. I, I I can't speak to what he's like in the locker room, but. Uh, you know, he was somebody I thought had a lot of promise and um and yeah, he's you know, he's 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 looked really good at times. He threw a complete game in, in September and mm-hmm. nice player. Yeah, he's not he's not a bad player. I, I yeah, he had a weird exit from Cleveland that he wasn't exactly great in San Diego. I think he got hurt or he was coming back from an injury. Um yeah, he just because he was supposed to be a big the next big thing in Cleveland at one point, him and Bieber uh coming up together and it just didn't work out that way so i don't know if I, that's not the type of guy i'm looking for i'm looking for yeah. lorenzen has been in the clubhouse you're comfortable with him gave you some good moments so I'd, I'd be fine with that i also feel like i'm an idiot for not mentioning when we were talking about the bullpen the great year that matt strom had and you know oh if yeah you, if you're if you're figuring that he can be that effective and you already have Alvarado, Strom, Hoffman, Sir Anthony. It, it, they do have some some names who, like, not all, all. They're all not going to have great career years. We know that someone's going to fall off the face of the earth that you don't expect. Someone's going to pitch better than you don't expect. But I, I do like their the diversity of arms that they have in the bullpen. You can always add to it, but it's not a necessity right now. Yeah, I, I think uh, I would prefer that Strom not be thrown in as a spot starter like he was earlier last year. You know, I kind of wonder if if they hadn't done that, might he have gotten off to a uh, better uh, routine? I suppose. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I thought if they were going to put him there, they were going to let him stick, and then he didn't. So, uh, yeah. but I th- I think I think uh, I think Strom's somebody I like, and and he definitely will 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 help in the bullpen, and I think Soto is better than he was last year. So they could have three lefties, uh, and we'll in, see. Uh, well. <laughs> I'm never a fan of these erratic guys, Frank. You know, I, I was never a fan of Neris for that reason. I just something I never see them getting it together. Although Neris did after um, he left the Phillies, but I don't know. He he, he I, he's the kind of guy who throws the ball, and I'm like, God, please let it go 
somewhere. <laughs> you know, like let it have some movement to it. Let it not be a flat fastball down the middle. But you're he's young, so you make a good point. There's nothing. There's nothing wrong with having him on the team and trying to develop him and, and work with the pitching coach, Caleb Koth, and, and maybe you get something. But until, it's like until I see like four good outings in a row, I'm never going to be convinced. All right, I got some more names for you. So, outfielders. Basically, this list of outfielders that are still available are basically all the people that were rumored to be interested in, the Phillies were interested in at the trade deadline, right? (laughs) Uh, So, Adam Duvall, Michael A. Taylor, Tommy Pham. Those are three. I like Tommy Pham, man. I, you know, I there's always sort of murmurs about what kind of clubhouse guy he is. Some people say he's a great clubhouse guy. Yeah. Others say he's he's not. But then you hear like the clubhouses that say he's not. We're a bunch of slackers. He just works hard. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I got no issue with that. I want a right-handed bat. You he know, looked good. Adam, he looked good in the NLCS. I'll say that. Hundred yeah. percent. I I would definitely. I think he would fit in well. He's on a team that's. Got a lot of hard workers, got a lot of gamers, you know, from from Bryce to Bomer to, you know, to everybody, you know, like the, the, the whole team's gamers, basically. Um, so I think I think fam would actually be a pretty good addition. I they prefer- definitely need more. They need yeah. they need more. They even need a better bench. I think that that hurt them last year, too. I wonder what Adam Duvall would cost. You know Adam Duvall, lefty, thought... lefty high strikeout guy? No, he's righty. He's oh, righty. Adam Duvall. I'm thinking of Adam Dunn. Sorry. It's Adam, Adam Dunn. Duvall. Oh, my gosh. How long has he been out of the game? <laughs> now, no, but uh, Adam Adam Duvall, you know, he's got, got the power stick. He can put him yep. in left. He, he he struck out 110 times last year in 320 at-bats. So, yes, yeah. he is going to be a high strikeout. high guy. Yeah. But you know you could you could you could pick your poison and and arrange the outfield accordingly depending on who you're facing you know so um, and if you have Rojas around as well at some point mm-hmm. you know you could you could mix and match but uh but but I do like I do like him as a right-handed option it seemed like right-handed they they, they tend to uh, lose their power at times so that's a little extra insurance should uh, should what Castellanos go on one of his slow spells you know yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, if you're listen, I've, if I got to choose between the two, I'll choose Fam, but I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be upset with with Duvall. All right, how about uh, this name, Whit Merrifield? You know, used to be highly sought after, uh, really nice player in Kansas City for years. Got a two year deal with with Toronto. Just wrap that up. I, I heard him do an interview, and he basically seems like he's holding out because he says, "I know my worth." So I don't know if he'll be a bargain for the Phillies if they sign him, but uh, but what do you think of him as a player? He could play, he could play the outfield, he could jump into the infield if you need it. You know, yeah. he's he's kind of I mean, that uh, game flex guy. Yeah, he has speed, right? I mean, he can run the bases really well. He can steal your bags, he can be a leadoff hitter type. Oh God, if they sign Merrifield, I can only imagine all the freaking lead-off debates between Merrifield and uh, and, and Kyle and Schwarber. Schwarber and, uh, especially when Schwarber starts off, you know, 0 for 3 million in April and May. And, you know, it's but either way, he's a really good player. I think he's been an all-star. Um, yep. Seven, 700 OPS last year yeah. uh, on base yeah, percentage, he's a unique 318. Player, right? Yeah. Yeah, he stole 36. Center. Yeah, he stole 36 last year, 547 at-bats, and he pretty much was their starting second baseman, I believe, for for Toronto in recent years. But but he he plays all over the place, you know. Yeah, 
Uh, you know, he's a unique player. He's a table setter. He's a top of the lineup guy. The Phillies have a lot of top of the lineup table setter types, though. So he might be a guy who theoretically sounds good because of his resume, but then you're trying to find the right spot for him in the order, and it may not be obvious. It may come at a clunky time, like you're batting seventh or something. I, I don't know. You know. By the by the way, I, I need to correct myself. So I said he was mostly their second baseman. Well, he he did start. 67 games at second base, but he started 66 in left field. So, okay. <laughs> so I mean, so basically it's pretty, it's actually pretty even, uh, 84 yeah. total appearances. And now this is interesting because it's 67 starts at second, but 84 total appearances. So a lot of these games that he started in the outfield, he ended up at second. A lot of the games he ended up at second, he started, he ended up in the outfield. Yeah. So 81 total appearances in left field, even though we had 66 starts. So, yeah, he's the kind of guy that 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 you can really mix and match, and um, you know, on paper, it seems like a really nice player to have. Right-handed bat, I wouldn't, I, I would have been a little hesitant if he was a lefty. I, I think mm-hmm. that another left-handed, right-handed bat's in order. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what his contract demands are, but I think he would be a nice fit for this Phillies team too, if if he if he uh, lands. There's just something land there. about it. It sounds to me better on paper than in than in practical or more practical than it is re- realistic I, I don't know i mean i like the player love the resume question the fit a little bit though even though he can yes go ahead there and play left field yeah any of the names that are out there nobody really seems to like wow me i mean some of them are clear not fits like brandon belt who only played first base or dh jd right. martinez only be a dh well, the big uh, question is, you know, if Cody Bellinger is not getting what he wants, do you make the do you make the jump? Do you do it? The one year deal, let him. The one year deal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is he is a lefty bat, but he does play really well against lefties. So his splits are almost what they say reverse splits. You know. Mm-hmm. By the way, so, I mean, if he's playing left field, if he's not, then your Brandon Marsh is playing left field, and he's a left-handed bat. So it's really not like you're adding another lefty into the line unless they're both in the outfield <laughs> that day well then rojas is yeah then rojas would would not be playing that game yeah i think they'd like to give rojas some at bats in the minors like on a regular basis so so that's why that's why i'm surprised they haven't added another bat i mean they i just named a whole bunch of players that probably would would fit on this team right i mean yeah it's not, now, it's not unreasonable no, but, to think one of them would end up in clear water now dombrowski might have been posturing but he certainly left the door open for rojas to come up with the club and he didn't make it seem like he needs to have the greatest spring to do it. I was a little surprised by that. It feels like, and again, maybe he's posturing because he's not trying to tell the outside world that he'd like, he'd like to have Bellinger. But um, I was a little surprised by how I, I think he was asked about it. And he said, listen, we're not giving him the job, but he's got a really good opportunity here to come take it. And it's not like we're going to ask him to be, uh, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. out there. We just want to see him improve. So I didn't know what to make of that. Hmm. I yeah, mean, I mean that they expect him to come north. <laughs> I mean, it's also a really good negotiating tactic for any of these free agents that are calling him and saying, Tremendous. like, hey, I got a guy here. And, yep. You know, so I don't know. I I, I think given the sheer volume that, that there's a shot, they get somebody. Um, you know, I'm looking I'm looking still on their 40 man roster. There's still a lot of there's some players that I don't think are going to be there when mm-hmm. like, for example, I mean, Derek Hall. 
I mean, some good contributions over the last couple of years, but I think he just doesn't fit given given who he is and where he plays. You know, left handed yeah. another left handed bat who plays for. I mean, I'm surprised yeah. they didn't move him in a trade or he didn't go go after big bucks in Asia. You know, because someone like him can really clean up over there. You know, like Darren Ruff did, right? Um, 100%. So, so I so I, I kind of see him as not a fit. I mean, Cody Clemens, I'm not sure where he fits in these day these days. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, and Wes Wilson's still around, so he might have a shot if they don't sign somebody. But oh yeah, and they re-signed Jake Cave. I don't. <laughs> I, I think that was just, you know, they could still cut him and not pay the whole salary yeah. if he well, doesn't forget, make the team. But we shouldn't forget about Pache. I mean, if he stays healthy for you know for once, then and and has a good spring. I mean, he's a guy that they bought low on and were hoping to get high, you know, and and there were times. Where Pache looked pretty good, even at yeah. the plate, right? So, you know, this is one of those things where it's a spring storyline. We'll have to see how it goes. Yeah, and, and, and honestly, he and Rojas together are semi-redundant. So, I mean, it could be one of those situations where he could he can land with somebody else if if he doesn't make the Phillies. So, I, I you know, he's he's still a nice player, but uh, yeah, but yeah. So, they, but it feels like the Phillies have a lot of inventory like that. That's kind of like on the roster bubble. You yeah. know, that's that's one reason why I think they've got a shot at getting somebody. I don't know who. I don't know who the favorite is. Uh, but, you know, I think that that's not a bad approach for the Phillies to take. Like, hey, we'll wait and see, you know. Now, I could see him saying to an agent, hey, if your price comes down, call me. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and he's he doesn't really have to worry so much. So. Right. So. So. All right. Before we before we uh, before we go, I do want to point out one more one more thing. Reese Hoskins. Milwaukee Brewers two year deal with a good opt out, so it gives him a chance to sort of rebuild his value. What did you think of that for the Brewers? I think it's a good move. I mean, like you know, they're a team that has a lot of young players um, who showed promise last year. Not quite sure I understand why they traded Corbin Burns because he's a really good young dominant pitcher. But you know, the Brewers make these weird moves to me, you know, like the, even when the time they traded Hater while they were in the middle of it. So I don't know. I just think that for that team that has a lot of good, decent amount of good young players and a, and a star player like Yelich, I think he can go in there. Probably doesn't have to play first base every day, right? Don't they have a first baseman? Yeah, I think the plan is for him to play some first. I I, I think he's better suited as just a DH, but uh, yeah, yeah they, they don't really have they don't really have somebody who owns that position. Right. So it's a good move for them. I think he'll be a nice spark plug for them. They're going to need him. They're going to need that leadership, that power as they compete. You know, I'm sure the Cardinals are looking to bounce back in that division. And then, um, you know, the Cubs, obviously, we'll see what they do. But I mean, it's not to me, there's no runaway team in that division. So I think the Brewers are in their very weird way of giving away talent and then bringing in talent. Um, he can be a nice leader for them, and I'm happy for him. It's a good ballpark to hit in, so wouldn't shock me if he was up in that 30 uh, neighborhood. You know, by the end of the year, if maybe it wouldn't shock me if he had one of his best offensive years. Um, they have some speed on that team too, so they've got some table setters. He can knock some runs in there. Well, it's a good fit for him. Yeah, I know fans loved him. Unfortunately, really no longer a fit in Philly because I I do think the best place for him to play is is designated hitter and yeah Phillies already have one of those unfortunately uh so I just I think it's just tough for them to coexist on their roster but mm-hmm. but certainly it'd be I think people from Philly will be will be pulling for him in Milwaukee so 
by the way, I'll just close with this. Uh, you know, we have we have a whole season now to talk about all these different things. Uh, but right now, I saw some MLB power rankings. Philly's ranked third. Does that surprise you? Um, no, I would think the Braves and I would think the Dodgers are going to be most people's one and two. And then after that, there's probably the Phillies or every Phillies, Diamondbacks, Rangers, Yankees, Orioles. They're all going to jockey for for that number three role. Well, lot, 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 lot ahead of us this year, Jeff. It's hard to believe. For for the longest time, I felt that like exhausted from last season. So. I th- I think the time has come. I'm ready for I'm ready for some baseball. How about you? Oh, I can't wait for it. Can't <laughs> wait for it. Oh, Rays! I should mention the Rays in that race for number three. You weren't surprised, right? Were you surprised by them being number three? Well, no. I I just think it it'll help help center somebody who was frustrated that the Phillies didn't make a lot of moves. You know, I think that that should that that, that that's a good reminder. Yeah, the Phillies are actually still pretty yeah, good. They're good. all right we'll be talking all season but for now this has been the powder blue podcast frank close jeff mosher catch you soon